0: Hi welcome to my channel. My name is Lisa Allistway, and I create a variety of inspirational and informational videos you can use and apply to your life. My guest today is Donna Bond, who is an author, speaker, and a certified life and business coach. She is a graduate of the University of Santa Monica where she earned a master's degree in spiritual psychology with an emphasis in consciousness, health, and well and healing. I will be linking her website below for your reference. Welcome, Donna.
1: Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here with you.
0: Great. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about what exactly is a spiritual psychologist?
1: (laughs) So spiritual psychology is really a technology that was innovated and pioneered by Drs. Ron and Mary Holmick at the University of Santa Monica. And it's a technology that teaches us that everything that's happening in our life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm from Connecticut, so I like to say the super wicked ugly, (laughs) it's all for us. That everything that's happening in our life is giving us a beautiful opportunity to learn and grow and evolve and really step us into our next level of potential, our next level of evolution. I believe that life is always seeking to express itself through us. And we're always in perpetual motion, you know, just like the universe is in perpetual motion. We are always moving and growing and expanding. And life wants to expand through us. And, you know, oftentimes we move our way through life and we feel victimized by life happening to us and things are out of our control and we feel you know that our expectations aren't being met or we feel like life is against us sometimes and so working with spiritual psychology is looking through a lens that really is the lens of love the lens of our true nature as a spiritual being having a human adventure, and it's identifying with that part of ourselves, what I call our original wisdom, which is the book that I have just recently published, Original Wisdom Harness the Power of the Authentic You. When we see life through that lens, we immediately empower ourselves and begin to understand that everything that's happening in our our life is really getting us the stepping stones to go to our next level of potential.
0: Fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit about your training? What type of classes do you take through a spiritual psychology degree program? I know you have a master's in it.
1: Yeah. So the University of Santa Monica facilitated a master's program for more than 35 years in Santa Monica, California. And um, they call it experiential education. And the reason why that is because you are the subject matter, you are the homework. The whole program is really about you as a spiritual being having a human experience. So, when I enrolled myself in this program on the advice of a psychic, by the way, which is a whole other story that I'm talking about <laughs> um, I was in a great amount of discontent in my life. I was unhappy for 101 different reasons. And this master's program invited me into removing all of the blocks that were standing in between my consciousness and me recognizing myself as so much more than my belief systems, so much more than what I had been taught, you know, the way that society, our parents, our teachers, our governments, our religions, there's all these influences in our life telling us who to be and how to be. And through this program at the University of Santa Monica, I pulled the thread and I unraveled all of these misunderstandings, all of these false notions that really were keeping me small and keeping me feeling victimized. So there's 30 different principles and practices in spiritual psychology that we work with. And we essentially learned each of those practices and then we practiced them. We applied them to our own So what would be some
0: of those principles, some examples?
1: Yeah, so the University of Santa Monica, um, in their program, they refer to um, seeing the loving essence. Mm-hmm. In my work, I've sort of renamed that to big acknowledgement. And what seeing the loving essence is, or what I call big acknowledgement, is really this recognition that you and I, we're the same. We are both spiritual beings on this human adventure. And, you know, um, at the end of yoga, we're we bottle each other and we say Namaste. namaste right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Namaste literally translates into the divine in me sees, acknowledges, and recognizes the divine in you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when we say Namaste to each other, that's what we're doing. We're recognizing our divine nature, we're acknowledging our divine nature. So when we begin to practice this with people at the supermarket, when you're standing in line, with People who are annoying us. and Those are our biggest teachers, by the way. (laughs) Those are our biggest teachers. You got it, Lisa. They absolutely are. It's really being able to bring that to mind, bring that to our consciousness with everyone that we meet. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, there is a softening. There is a heart opening that- It sounds like a humbling- Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's very much that. It's mm-hmm. very much that.
0: So, I have a question. Like, you have the conventional psychology. You know, if somebody's going to go see a psychologist, we, we think about the conventional psychologist versus the spiritual psychologist. Can you differentiate? Like, what's the
1: difference? Yeah, well, you know, psychology uh, is the study of the mind, right? And in traditional psychology, we're really dealing with physical reality and physical world reality. And we keep things, I don't know, I don't want to say on the surface. And, you know, I don't have a regular psychology degree. So I don't really want to speak to it and say something that might not be accurate. But with spiritual psychology, We are looking through the lens of the spiritual context. And and that literally means that I am identifying myself as a spiritual being. And so when I identify with the spiritual context, there's a magic that happens. And the magic is that we see our life through the lens of the soul, through the lens of the higher self. And here's what's different about the higher self compared to the mind, or I'm gonna even say the ego and the personality. The ego and the personality are very concerned with safety, security, comfort, and control. Mm -hmm. And so all of our concerns in life, all of our uh, doing, our trying, our striving, everything that we're doing in life is usually trying to take care of one of those things. Safety, security, comfort, or control. And those things cause us to be on what we refer to as the goal line of life. When we're on the goal line of life, we're always measuring positive, negative, good, bad, right, wrong, and on and on and on it goes, right? Mm-hmm. When we're looking through the lens of the higher self in spiritual psychology, we land at this place of neutrality, a place of equanimity, a place where we don't get caught up in the right or the wrong or the good or the bad. It's where we see everything as it is, not as we want it to be. Yeah and so when we see it as it is it really gives us a higher perspective a higher way of understanding because we take our needs out of it in a way and you know the ego and the personality can be very much about itself right it really only cares about getting its piece of the pie and and The soul is about the highest good of all concerned. It's more interested in cooperation than competition. It's more interested in love and acceptance than it is in, you know, the opposite of those things. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So if... If I were to come to a spiritual psychologist for a session, what would be some of the goals that I could expect from that?
1: Uh, The first thing that you can expect is that there are no goals. And (laughs) that's actually very purposeful. So we work with intention rather than working with a goal. And when we we are moving towards a goal, we can tend to be very exacting we can tend to have expectations Mm -hmm. which are really getting us caught up in a specific way of something happening. When we work with an intention, we recognize that there's so much more going on than just what's here in my own little world. We recognize that I am connected to all that is. I am connected. I am part of this energy that is everywhere present. I'm part of this infinite intelligence that is running the universe, let's say. This infinite intelligence that is everywhere present. And when I set an intention, I am enlisting the energetic support and help of the universe to be my co-collaborator or my co-creator in whatever it is I intend. So when I set an intention for something, I'm kind of saying, hey universe, I recognize that you're smarter than me and I'm open to your direction, I'm open to your guidance. I'm open to seeing something that maybe I can't see down here from my ego perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, our ego and our personality have a very narrow perspective.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'll give
1: you the analogy of um, like a glass elevator. You know, when you're at the bottom floor of the glass elevator, you can't really see anything, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, you're in this box. And that's where really most of us live. We live mm-hmm. in a box. Mm-hmm. But if we go up in the glass elevator, right, then we look out and we have this much longer range of sight. We, we can view things up ahead that we couldn't see when we were down on the ground. Maybe that's why they call it the higher self, right? There's this part of us that has an aerial view of our life that can see the roadblocks that might be up ahead or the obstacles that are standing in our way, or perhaps a shortcut that doesn't look like a shortcut when we're on the ground, but it looks like a shortcut from up above. Mm -hmm. So when I set an intention for something, I am inviting assistance from that higher part of myself that is really guiding me along a journey to get me to where it is I want to go, Mm -hmm. but I've opened myself to experiencing something that is even greater, Mm -hmm. even better, more luscious, juicy, exciting Mm -hmm. than perhaps what I was able to come up on my own. Mm -hmm. If I was just trying to come up with a goal, right? Goals can have a tendency to cause us to be rigid, right? When we get stuck in that rigidity, we end up forcing our way against life. And when we force our way against life, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good in any levels of our consciousness, not in our, in our minds, not in our hearts emotionally. And it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't feel good in our bodies, right? When mm-hmm. we're pushing and forcing. When we work with an intention, there's a process of allowing. There's a process of unfolding. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we don't set an intention. It's just how we get there looks very different.
0: It's more of um, letting be, letting go, letting be kind of be your uh, guide, I guess, in a sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of looking at it.
0: Um, So I'm listening to you talk about, you know, for example, the universe. Some people might say God or use a different synonym there. Um, So do you work with religious people as well as atheist, agnostic, I mean, across the board?
1: Yes, across the board. I work with everybody. And um, my definition, the difference between religion and spirituality, religion is a very organized set of beliefs that the group of people who are participating in those beliefs all adhere to, right? They Mm -hmm. all are on board with those belief systems. When we're dealing with spirituality, my definition of spirituality is the relationship that we have with that higher part of our beingness. So it's really developing this rapport, this relationship with your higher self. And it doesn't matter what religion you're in, everybody has this energetic, side of themselves, right? When, when we think about energy, Einstein taught us energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just reinvents itself, right? As different expressions. Well, we are all a drop of that energy. We are all different expressions of this energy. Mm-hmm. So what I help people do is get in touch with that aspect of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that can work beautifully, with a lot of different religions.
0: hmm So in spiritual psychology, I, I take it one of the main goals you, is to get to that higher self like you talked about. I assume that means like your authentic self, your true self. Can you talk a little bit about what that means and how do we get there exactly and know that we're there?
1: Yes. Um, well, when we think about energy, energy has different frequencies to it. We have high frequencies and we have low frequencies. You think about music, right? Music has different frequencies, different vibrations. There's high notes and there's low notes. Mm -hmm. Well, our emotional body also has high notes and low notes. And oftentimes when we are moving our way through physical world reality, as we already talked about, we can get trapped in a lot of judgments because the ego is wanting safety, security, comfort, and control. Mm -hmm. So as we're pushing and forcing our way on life and trying to carve out things the way we think they should be, we end up in these places of judgment. Well, when that happens, it inspires emotion. Because we have certain thoughts about things. And those thoughts produce emotions. And all of our emotions, actually, Dr. David Hawkins proved this through kinesiology, (laughs) that all of our emotions have a vibratory frequency to them. And the lower emotions on the scale are shame, guilt, hate, all of these heavy, more Condensed, contracted emotions. Mm-hmm. And when we are in emotional reactivity, oftentimes that's where we live. We live in that place of denseness emotionally. Our true authentic self is what we most and best understand as the energy of loving. And in spiritual psychology, incidentally, we say, the nature of God is love. Love is the energy of our true self. Love is the energy of our authentic self. It's how we best understand what that is in our humanness. So how do we get to our authentic self is by eliminating or removing the lower frequency energies that are in the way between us and our natural state of being, between us and our original wisdom, between us and our authentic self. And so I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, and there's a brilliant line at the very beginning of the Course in Miracles, where it says that we aim to remove the blocks that keep us from the awareness of love's presence. So most of us are out in the world chasing things, pursuing things that we think are gonna bring us joy and peace and happiness and aliveness. Mm -hmm. When the truth is, these are all naturally inherent ways of being, that are in accordance with our true self that are in alignment with our true self. So if we can just move out of the way, the muck that's keeps us from knowing our true self, having a experience and a revelation of our true self, then we get to be happy for no particular reason, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, that's what we did inside the University of Santa Monica over many years, right? You're mm-hmm. sitting uh, for my initial master's program uh, with the uh, consciousness health and healing portion was a three year program. And so for three years, I was clearing away all of the misunderstandings that stood in between my, conscious mind and really experiencing myself as the presence of love fantastic that's a really
0: really awesome uh, description um can we talk a little bit about finding peace and joy no matter the stage of life you're in you know every age has its challenges i don't care if you're 14 or 40 everybody has their challenges um so I know a lot of people probably go to a spiritual psychologist because they want to f- find that contentment and to be more at peace. Uh, can you talk a little bit on that?
1: Yeah. Well, the long explanation that I just gave you previous to this is part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's coming to terms with the things from our past that are weighing us down today, right? It's really being able to revisit those things. And when we can revisit those past hurts and those misunderstandings and even trauma and difficult things that have happened to us in the past, when we can revisit those through the lens of our soul and understand that there is a spiritual growth reason that we engage in an experience like that, a lot of revelation can come out of that. And we can dissolve these big barriers, these big blocks that weigh us down, literally. So that's one piece, but I think, you know, something that people can do easily, you know, in a couple of minutes or things that they can fold into their day on a more regular basis, As a quick fix, you can connect with your breath. You know, the life force moves through you on your breath. When we can stop, which most of us don't ever, right? We go, 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 go. And so many of us have our own self-worth tangled up with what we do in the world. And so we have this value system that's a little bit broken because we're measuring our worth and value on what we get done in the world. Mm -hmm. That's like a whole ball of wax we want (laughs) to untangle. But when we can slow down, stop for just a couple of moments, Mm -hmm. connect with our breath, that peacefulness that we're looking for, it's always under the surface. It's always right below the surface, under all of the noise, under all of the activity. Mm-hmm. But in order for us to align with that, we've got to stop. So this, the simplest thing is to close our eyes and to connect with our breath for a few minutes. And it's incredible how that can restore us to a place of equanimity mm-hmm. and bring our body into coherence where our heart rate and our mind activity comes into a harmonic rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then all of our bodily functions begin to work in harmony because our brain and our heart are working in harmony.
0: Mm.
1: I like so we that. Can do that through our breath.
0: I like that because it puts the person back into the present moment. You're not anxious thinking about the future. You're not depressed thinking about the past. You're just like in that present moment. So I like that where you just, be, you know, a reminder to stop and breathe. The most simplest action we take for granted.
1: Totally. Love it. And then, you know, to take that one step further, I am a huge proponent of a daily meditation practice. And, uh, meditation actually saved my life. And I do that mean that in the literal sense. Um, I had a prophetic dream about breast cancer that was growing in my chest. I had a dream that I had mm. a fish hook all the way through my left breast. And mm. I was looking at myself in a mirror and my breast was all bloody. And this big fish hook was all the way through it. And I said to myself out loud in the dream, how am I going to get out of this? And I woke up. And a couple of months before that, I had felt this little, like felt like a little piece of sand and I woke up from that dream. And my first thought was, oh, is that still there? And it was. And so that day I made an appointment, which led me to another and another and another appointment. And five days before my 47th birthday, I was being given a positive breast cancer diagnosis. Sorry to hear that That was six years ago. No, it was, at, it was a, a blessing, right? It was mm-hmm. a blessing on many levels, um, because it really walked me into, uh, understanding what self love really is.
0: And that's amazing that you were so attuned to it, like a premonition that something wasn't right, like your intuition. And sure enough that yeah. that happened, but can I touch on why, why is, when bad things happen, just like cancer, why do we say that's such a good thing when it seems so bad?
1: <laughs> Gosh, you know, I think everyone would have to answer that question for themselves. Lisa, you know, it's those are the forks in the road that really invite us to make different choices about our life make different choices about the way we live, about the way that we show up, about how we spend our time in this precious fleeting life that we have. That's so quick. and We take for granted. Your, oh, your camera's kind of freezing a little bit. Just keep on talking. Oh no, there you are, there you're back. Go. All right, <laughs> sorry about that. No Thank worries. you for letting me know. Yes. Um, so it it invites different choice. And unfortunately, yes. We end up having to have a crisis. And, and we all will. This is, this is the thing. Nobody escapes this life without
0: crises and multiple crises, especially if you're lucky enough to live long enough. So I like how you painted in the picture of, well, it is a chance for new choices and how we face them and grow from them.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's really the beauty of spiritual psychology and being able to see things through the lens of spiritual psychology is that the tumultuous times flatten out a little bit and they're not as tumultuous because when we can begin to view everything that's happening as a way that we can learn and grow, then we have a different perspective because we can look at a situation and ask what's here for me. You know, how can I grow from this mm-hmm. and evolve from mm-hmm. this Devastating thing that's happening, and that mindset shift right there can get you through an experience in a very, very different way. Mm-hmm. I, I use the analogy of a blender with my client. We're either in the blender, right, or we're looking at the blender. And when you're in the blender, you have no perspective, right? Like, you're in the blender, and that's like <laughs> you're in there, and there's nothing you can do about it. But as we learn to take a greater level of dominion over our thoughts, over how we're relating to our experience, then we're looking at the blender, right? We can look at it with Mm -hmm. a whole lot more perspective and a great deal more calm and peacefulness along the way.
0: I love that analogy. That's really good. I'm going to remember that. Um, which brings me to my next point that I wanted to touch on you with is about midlife versus mid-awakening, which is kind of relates to what we were just talking about. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add about that? Because I think for a lot of people, midlife is a difficult time because you have all kinds of things happening. You're, you're the sandwich generation, uh, meaning that you're taking maybe care of your older parents and younger parents and you're right in the middle. And oftentimes a lot of women I know will put their health down on that priority list. List And not take care of themselves when they should, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're no good to anybody. So you have to put yourself at the top of the list. Um, But I know midlife can be tough uh, for a number of reasons for both genders, men and women. Um, What are your thoughts on this and helping people navigate instead of looking at it as a midlife crisis? It's a midlife awakening.
1: Yeah, I love that. Lisa, I love that idea. And And that really is what happens, right? It's like, I was uh, 45. I was at the top of my game working for the Ritz Carlton as a marketing executive. And uh, when I turned 45, I recognized that that's how old my father was when he died.
0: Mm.
1: All of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, my life. Is going by very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's something like built in inside of us, like a bell that rings or a gong that goes off, right? Like a chime that says ding, like hello. You know, you don't have that much time left. Mm -hmm. How are you going to really live your life? And Mm -hmm. I think the midlife awakening process is the invitation into recognizing that we are so much more Mm -hmm. than our thoughts, than our feelings, than our emotions, than our job, than Mm -hmm. our parents, than our kids. than the wrinkles on our face, the gray in our hair, like all these things that people worry about
0: midlife that's not really important.
1: Yeah, so it's an opportunity to go inside. This is an opportunity to return inward, to make contact with that higher part of our being, and to align ourselves with that part of our being, which, when we can align ourselves, there's this natural letting go. There's this natural sense of ease. There's this natural, I mean, I almost want to say like relaxation that we can just sit back almost as if we're being held, you know, almost as if we're being held by the divine, by the universe. And that is a place inside each one of us that is a place to be remembered. It's not a place that we've never been to. We've been there we've all been there you've been there I've been there we've all been there it's a place to align ourselves with so I don't want to paint the picture that like it's a destination that we're trying to get to because it isn't it's it's underneath all the bullshit it's underneath all the noise all the activity all the doing and the striving and the pushing and the forcing and the going it's underneath all of that
0: hmm.
1: Very good. Um, which brings
0: me to another point about this is comfort zones, because sometimes people can get too comfortable and they get stuck and they get um, they think, well, this is OK, when in fact it could be better and they don't even see beyond OK to see the better. So let's talk a little bit about how people get stuck in these comfort zones and how to get out of them.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually wrote a whole class about that. And if you go to my website, go to Donovan.com and scroll down, there's a, there's a free class there called four ways to get unstuck. And I really talk about the spiral of transformation. And when we move out of the comfort zone, we go into the fear zone, right? And this is why people stay stuck in the comfort Mm -hmm. zone because the only way they can get out of it is to cross a boundary. And the boundary that they cross is the boundary of familiarity. They enter into territory that they've never been in before. And I think the older we get, the scarier that is for whatever reason, right? You know, Mm -hmm. when we're, we're little kids, like we just have abandoned for new experiences and we're fearless in so many ways. But I think mm-hmm. everybody's petrified of humiliation and we don't want to get caught, you know, not knowing something. And so we have mm-hmm. these belief systems that we've got to know the answer. We've got to have all of our shit together 24 seven. We've got to know everything about everything. And so that. Keeps us at the bottom floor of that elevator that I was talking about, right? We're inside these four walls. And when we're inside those four walls, hey, I know my way around in here. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know morning, noon, and night what's going to happen in here. There's no surprises because I've got my stuff all organized and figured out Mm -hmm. what happens over time. Life wants to express through us. Life wants us to be a freer, fuller, more expanded expression of who we were yesterday. And so we cannot do that without coming out of our comfort zone. But I think, you know, we like our comfort zone because it's familiar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't require you to grow you you know like you talked about there's fear in the unknown and i think when you're younger you'll take more chance more risk maybe because the the losses or the yeah the losses are less as you get older the chances and the risks become greater i think sometimes and that's what holds people sometimes back and they lose the zest of risk taking
1: yeah well all we need is a little willingness yeah And this is where a co-creative partnership with the universe can be very helpful because when we can work with intention and we can put it out there and say, okay, universe, you know, here's my intention. Mm -hmm. We have to always make the first move. I think this is where people also get stuck is they'll have a dream about something, but then they'll say like, I want to be shown a sign. Or I want, you know, the right person to show up or the right door to open. We have to make the first move. The universe will respond, but we've got to make the first move. And so this is where it can feel scary because we're stepping over that line of comfortability, that line of familiarity the minute we can take just one little step, right? We don't just sell the whole farm in one fell swoop, yeah. but maybe we could just do one little thing, take one little step. Yeah. And see then how the universe is going to make its next move.
0: I like that. That's a very good tip. I love that. Um, so this has been really interesting. I think it's great to talk to you. I mean, I'm not that familiar with spiritual psychologists. So when I saw your website and seen some of your talks, I was like, oh, I have to talk to her. That sounds so interesting. Um, Do you have anything else that is pertinent to this topic that you would like to share with the viewers?
1: Yeah, well, um, if you want to learn more about spiritual psychology, you should definitely interview Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, because they are the pioneers and birthed the whole Uh, movement, if you want to think of it that way. I am a practitioner of this work. Um, It's my honor to do this work and to really help people move forward in their life, growing and evolving in ways that they're being guided by their soul, being guided by their higher self. And that's really how I look at what I'm doing out in the world. Is assisting people in finding out what that is Mm -hmm. for them, right? Because everything that we've been taught in physical world reality—the monotony, the regimented programming—that we all fall into. uh, This—it's like a conveyor belt, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the hamster wheel. And yeah. we get stuck on that. That's where I was stuck in my mm-hmm. life. And it was like, oh my God, how mm-hmm. am I gonna break out of this? And once I started connecting with that higher place within myself, I recognized that this part of me has wisdom. This part of me has information for my life. And I, I think the scary thing is, is at first it's learning to trust that right it's like yeah i'm going to take this big step right now or i'm going to make a whole leap right now mm-hmm. and you know there's something magic that happens when we when we make that leap yep it's like the magic elixir it's in the middle of the leap yes can't get it any other way mm-hmm. you know got to make the first move Mm-hmm. And then things do begin to fall into place, and people have hunches. They have little feelings about things that they dismiss, and they let their ego trample over mm-hmm. and talk them out of a billion, a million times a day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like taking a risk mm-hmm. on one of these little inclinations, on these little. Mm-hmm inspirations mm-hmm. and really instill so much aliveness mm-hmm. and joy and juiciness back in life. Mm-hmm. You know, always,
0: talking, sorry. Oh, I, that's okay. I always say like, if something keeps showing up for me or keeps coming up, like, Hey, I should do that. Or I really want to do that. And it just, it's like nagging and the, nobody has to know, or no, I haven't spoken about it, but if it's nagging in the back of my head and it's coming up multiple times, I can't ignore it. That is a sign, I think, for looking for signs. There's signs within you that is telling you, hey, you should try that. You should do that. Don't hold back, and so on.
1: So and what's I, the the scariest thing you ever did, Lisa, when you heard that little nagging?
0: The scariest? Well, something recently is starting this YouTube channel. You know, it was it was nagging in the back of my mind, hey, I should do that. I I could do that. Why don't I do that? And then I would just put it off. I put it off. Nah, not now. No, you know? And then finally I was just like, you know what? Life's not getting any shorter. I mean, not getting longer. So, um, just do it. You know, it just came to a point that I was like, you know, all the opportunity came together and I just made the decision. Like you talked about you
1: just, and that's where magic
0: happens. And I'm talking to you today.
1: (laughs) Uh, and so what has been your experience of launching this channel?
0: My experience, uh, nothing but positive. I mean, I've learned so much. There's so much behind the, the camera that happens that people don't know, the mistakes and this and that, that um, that I've, I've just grown from doing it, uh, talking to complete strangers and learning from them. And then hopefully, you know, sharing that information with others. If it trickles out into the universe and impacts one person, then my job's done. That person's job's done and I'm, I'm happy.
1: Well.
0: Terrific. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on my channel. I really do appreciate you coming on here and sharing us uh, some of your expertise in spiritual psychology. I think it's quite fascinating. And um, you, as you guys can see in the background, she does have a book, original wisdom. If you want, you can pick up a copy. I'll put a link down in the description box for those who want to check it out. Um, yeah,
1: thank you so much. Yeah. And this if you guys, my, my journey from leaving corporate America and all of the leaps that I took Mm -hmm. along the way, as I, you know, not only enrolled myself in the program at the university of Santa Monica, but everything that happened as a result of that.
0: Yeah. So I think we can kind of end this with take leaps. If you want to see some, some magic, you can create that magic in your life. Um, so if you guys like this uh, video, make sure to give it a thumbs up and also leave a comment down below and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your feedback and don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell to be alerted to when the next video drops. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Donna.
1: Thank you, Lisa.